0: viewers uh we're here today covering a lot of things actually and uh probably a lot of you have seen online a lot of the a lot of the crazy stuff about health um one of the things was liver king there's lots going around and i thought today was fitting to have dr pran here with us today to sort of give a little bit about what he does what he believes in and i guess how how we can learn something from a, a specialist so uh Thanks for coming on, Dr. Pran It's a pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me on, on your uh, podcast. So uh, I'm a
1: gastroenterologist um, uh, by by trade. Um, I'm a medical specialist. What's, what that involves, fundamentally, it's a study of the human gut and the digestive tract, how we break down nutrients, how we break down food and assimilate that into our, into our system or into our body. So I think I've been on a bit of a journey for the last few years because the medical um, industrial complex or the medical pharmaceutical industrial complex which is a massive behemoth of a, of a business obviously um, uh, I have became very disheartened with it because I just found that there was very little focus on root cause. Um, I, I had a feeling or a, or a bit of a excuse the pun gut instinct i suppose that <laughs> yeah. a lot of our a lot of our issues begin with nutrition or, or diet um so yeah it's been a journey of, of sorts and in, in that journey i've learned a lot of things um I delved into a lot of areas and i've uh, come up with the conclusion that health or disease health and and disease are opposite ends of the spectrum obviously uh, a multifaceted problem and um And, uh, you know, require a very logical, open mind to try and understand where it all kind of went wrong. Um, With regards to the liver king, I mean, we can we can we can talk a bit a bit bit on that. But um, this is sadly in in the modern environment. This is the new image of 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 health. Uh, do you know what I mean? Someone who's clearly um, using uh, exogenous hormones and whatnot and, and a host of things, uh, obviously, to, to grow a body like that. That, that is now parallel with what, what health entails, which kind of shows that as a society, a lot of our views, our perspective um, have all become skewed somewhat so this leads the population to be really confused about what does health really entail uh, which is the question that I've been asked trying to answer for for some time now so up until a month
2: ago he said he wasn't on steroids yeah so you have these young children or middle-aged men trying to achieve a body like this yeah by doing it the correct way maybe yeah. the way you suggest psychologically do you think that's going to have a long-term effect on especially the younger generation
1: absolutely look I mean, if you spend enough time in, in commercial gyms, right, you'll, you'll, you'll see a lot of people start off, uh, with weight-based training or weight training, resistance training, however you want to call it. Um, because we're a society that becomes, we've got a really short attention span now, whether the, the, the use of the iPhones has promoted this, or it's just the nature of how we are evolving as a society. We've got really short attention spans. And, and I think People fundamentally give up on a, on a dream of achieving a healthy body through hard work and graft. Mm-hmm. It takes years to graft a healthy body, and um, and, and you know and and so I still haven't made it there yet.
2: Don't worry
0: about that. I, I've been,
1: been putting Steven for a few crazy sessions this week. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a journey. Look, it's, a, it's a journey. It's an absolute journey, and and you just see them give up very quickly, yeah. and and um, because these sort of drugs like like trend and you know steroids and so forth they're they're readily available now on on the on the black market and and just they're they're not frowned upon um you just see a lot of these kids get on it pretty quickly so Um, what what is trend so look i think i think we've if we were to strip it back to from a very basic perspective testosterone as a hormone and there's a whole host of hormones that are what we call anabolic, they help you build. Okay. Okay. Um, as a male, you produce large amounts of testosterone, mm-hmm. right? And testosterone has many effects, but one of the effects it's got on skeletal muscle is hypertrophy. It helps you grow. Okay. Right. And, and so if you're after aesthetics or whatnot, because a, a muscular body is considered aesthetic, um, attractive and and so forth, um, this is what you'd, Sort of supplement with right. Um, as males, we make them in our gonads or in our testicles, right? <laughs> yeah. And and so the issue with supplementing exogenous steroids is that your body stops producing its own. Right. It senses well, it's coming in from somewhere. The levels are high. We'll just stop producing. Use them for long enough, and and the and the body can shut off completely. Um, so these are some of the dangers with it, amongst other things. You know, there's other. Other issues associated with it, um, so uh, you know that they're they're not a benign tool um, as 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 many people think they are. They're they're commonly used now. Yeah. Um, a lot of gym goers are using them, and the scary thing is um, you see a lot of females use u- utilizing uh, these drugs as well for growth. Really? Yeah, because again, it's all come down to the aesthetics. We've become, as a society, very, very focused on that narcissistic appeal. Like we're, we're yep. you know, we're really obsessed with how we look. It's not really about health anymore. It's more about the image of it. Correct. And I think um, social media platforms like Instagram, Twitter and whatnot kind of promote that element of, of narcissism. So it's a cultural shift Correct. Yeah. yeah. Just because you look healthy doesn't actually mean you
2: are healthy necessarily. Yeah. Like exactly. For- a- example, a lot of um, women now who are Instagram models, yeah, they have the perfect body, right? And they promote it through that they've just been working out their whole life. But a lot of it now is plastic surgery. Yep. So then the, once again, younger women, younger men are getting this idea that this is what I need to look like, but it's actually not achievable.
1: Yeah, it's a warped perspective of what health entails. Like if you look at human beings and, and any biological system, whether um, it's an animal or an insect or reptile, it doesn't matter, and, and human beings are animals, if you want to look at an animal when it's most natural in its in its environment, you 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 look at it basically as is in the wild. Okay. Like say if you look at a pig in the wild, it's a very different animal to a pig when domesticated. Right. Even the quality of the meat's different, right? Oh, really? It's the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. How does that occur? What, well, what causes um, that? Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good question. It's a it's a, the answer's not straightforward. But let me put it this way. Pork classically is a, is a pork in nature is a red meat really right okay so that's human domestication human
0: manipulation genetically modified diets yeah that's right they're just a grain heavy diet which is commercialized to be able to yeah it's it's all commercialized to be able to sustain that level of growth absolutely Um, look at salmon yep absolutely salmon was never meant to be this bright orange beautiful color yep carrots are not meant to be orange Um, So we've actually manipulated food (laughs) over time to allow the commercial market to latch on because it looks good. So we've been ingraining this uh, mentality for such a long time that everything has to look good. Yep, yep, exactly right. Scrap all the important stuff. Let's go to looks. Absolutely. From ground roots. Yeah, that's exactly
1: right. Go to an organic fruit store, pick up an organic fruit. It's small. It doesn't have the shine that that, a lot of the non-organic fruits yep. in Coles and coals and woolworts would do. Uh, they're often marked. Um, yep. you, you know they've got imperfections on them. Oh, um, you can't eat it if it has a little cut in it. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> but, but that's that's how food looks in a natural state. Um, and, and as as a population, our perspective has shifted so much that th- we we want this. This is what we're calling for. So guess what? The corporate revolution provides, and so it just becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy that snowballs on and gets worse so when do you think it all turned south do you think it was Um, the industrial revolution or uh, earlier than that um look the industrial revolution is an interesting um time i mean if you'd have to really go back in time i think i think if we go back to my statement about humans how do you view them in their natural environment that's probably what health entails i think you just need to look at most Mm hunter-gatherers right if you if you go into a hunting gathering community and these are rare communities now you still find them in in places in Africa and, and maybe some of the islands and and so forth um, if you look at these sort of humans they do not look like someone like liver King right and and you put a human like that side by side with liver King and you you ask a, a, an average Australian or American whoever who's the healthier one that'd say yeah. They'd say living and that that is a fundamental shift in culture right so beauty is is it it's it's cultural it changes it shifts over time like you know back in the day Marilyn Monroe was considered absolutely stunning and she was um, but in this day and age would we really find her? Uh, to have the beauty that she requires to reach the levels of fame that that a lot of of stars have. Or mainstream media, definitely. That's right. So things have shifted. Perspective has changed and that, that... that has uh, occurred with not only health but beauty as well. Um, so people are just seeking the short, easy, easy way out, which yeah. I think yeah. is um, is a flawed uh, journey and one one that has to uh, end end in tears. And with regards to when do I think? Um, it, it turns out if we, if we go beyond or further back from the Industrial Revolution, humans, we're, we're, we're a species. We've been around for 300,000 years. Prior okay. to that, we were um, pre-human, okay? And that's millions of years of, of evolution. But modern humans come about 300,000 years ago, mm-hmm. right? Up until 285,000 years ago, we, we're hunt- hunting and gathering, fundamentally very reliant on meat and fat, for sustenance and whatever fruits we could forage which were seasonal grains were non-existent very rare to come by mm-hmm. starch were small tubers that we found in the ground okay now 15000 years ago we don't know what triggered this there was something called the agrarian revolution prior to the industrial revolution yep. this is the 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 rise of farming we don't know what pushed humans towards this but the rise of farming was a very critical point in our history because our population globally went from a few million to a species that's really lived in harmony with nature, dependent on nature. Our, our fertility fertility rates were low because we're always nomadic, moving from place to place to then settling and becoming farmers and having a steady source of energy from grain, in particular wheat, um, uh, which is you know there are many grains in in nature but wheat was one of the big ones our fertility exploded over the agrarian revolution because really? we just had a steady state of energy yeah so our population went from a few million in a few thousand years to 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 the billions that we see now what did it do for our health this is a controversial area but there's plenty of evidence in the fossil records that the agrarian revolution, although it allowed for increase in fertility and the rise of the population globally, uh, probably was detrimental to our health. Uh, our dentition, our teeth uh, got worse, which is often a sign that general health is, is poor when you've got terrible teeth. And that's what starts occurring. Uh, our heights reduce we become much shorter our bone density starts reducing and there's evidence of diseases such as rheumatoid arthritis and so forth which is which you can read in the fossil records obviously starting to rise so uh, there's always a trade-off in nature right and if the trade-off was that we were going to settle have a steady energy source from wheat and have our fertility explode that human health potentially declined as a result of the agrarian revolution So on that point with heights decreasing, so are there fossils showing that prior to this revolution
2: that people were taller and then their height decreased during this revolution? Yeah, absolutely. And then what would be the argument then in terms of people saying now our life expectancy is a lot longer than it was then?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Okay, this is a phenomenal question. And... Mm -hmm. and I'll, I think we we need to spend a couple of minutes kind of understanding that medicine, modern medicine, and I'm I'm a product of modern medicine. So when when a doctor such as myself speaks on it, I think it's important that you that some importance is given to it because yeah. I've, I've lived it, I've grown up in this industry and matured within the industry. We take a lot of credit for average lifespan being 80 years old, say here in Australia. Modern medicine gave us that. Is what what many people believe, many, many Australians would say, well, that's thanks to our doctors and modern medicine. That couldn't be further from the truth. Modern really? medicine's done very little to increase lifespan, okay? Wow. The biggest contributor to increasing lifespan was our engineers, the, the rise of plumbing, right? The rise of drainage of sewage, these sort of things that contributed to hygiene, right? Right were the biggest causes of our increasing lifespans. As human beings, we're programmed to live long lives. And prior to that, that agrarian revolution, that's what we did. We were nomadic. Lives were hard. You know, people fell off rocks, got hunted by animals, whatnot. But, but given, given um, no intervention like that, people would live long, healthy lives. 80 75 it's not unheard of in these hunter gatherer groups at all and they really? do this without vaccination without modern antibiotics they and just they still exist they're, they they they're still in the exist in middle of Africa so Th- that's so, right so why do we think that medicine is well the that for that's this? the great sleight of hand okay yeah. um, we're talking about a trillion dollar industry here right disease is a trillion dollar industry and so for something to be thought of as indispensable it must be marketed as indispensable to the population, right? Okay, and I'm not, I'm not knocking modern medicine. It's got brilliant benefits. Correct. However, we've just got to be careful thinking that this is what's contributed to our long lifespan. Yes, we might be living longer, but the quality of life has diminished significantly. We're keeping people alive for longer that potentially, um, uh, you know, that 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 you know nature would have claimed them, but we keep them al- alive a longer perhaps in a state that they don't want to exist. And we see that a lot in, in uh, high-level care nursing homes where people really, especially with uh, terrible illnesses, dementing illnesses that no longer recognize their family and loved ones and um, their quality of life is poor, but we keep them alive for another five to 10 years. And, and you've got a question, at what point does quality of life trump quantity of life? right? So going back to my point on engineers and plumbers and so forth, this was a critical part of the human lifespan increasing. Hygiene, improvement in hygiene. Also,
0: I wanted to dive into those industries as well. You talk about a trillion dollar industry, you've got one which is fastly emerging, which is called the vegan revolution, where right now, you know, in my restaurants and what I do is, you know, we see these vegans come through the door. Uh, We see these vegans advocate for a particular diet, yeah. you know, that's okay. Um, but there's obviously views upon that, and there's benefits and there's probably negatives on on the, on those diets. There's so many diets out there at the moment, and uh, as the years go by, I feel like I'm seeing more and more and more vegans coming to the table. Um, over the years, I've you know I've had the pleasure to to serve you in my restaurant and to, to cook you plenty of meat. And uh, I understand we do enjoy a good steak together, but shed a little bit of light on veganism. And I guess you've had a few come through your door. And what have you done for the vegan, the vegans coming through your door? How have you changed their diet, and what are, what has it done for them? Because um, they're going to veganism to, I guess, heal themselves or to find another another sense of um, of hope. Well, it,
2: also in terms, of my wife, my wife's a strict vegetarian. And she doesn't do it for health reasons though. She does it for ethical reasons in terms of loving animals. And but I guess, guess you've got to be practical about it as well, you know, like, correct. Yeah. Correct. And I guess what's your word of advice for for people
1: following these diets? Sure. I think if you if you look at the journey that human beings have had, meat is a unquestionable part of our journey to being human. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't grow a brain with this level of capacity. On a diet that was not nutrient dense, we would not have grown the brain that we've got, which I, which I argue, is probably one of the most powerful systems uh, potentially in the universe. Human intelligence is is unrivaled. Out of control, yeah. It's unrivaled, and um, and that evolved simply because of something called the expensive tissue hypothesis, which is that, and this is where the gut and the brain are super linked. We went from being a primate, which is an animal very similar to the the ch- the chimpanzee the apes. Yep. Yeah, the yeah. apes, great apes. We went from an animal that depended on fermentation of low quality plant fibers and fruits to shrinking our gut because the energy needed to be diverted elsewhere to developing the the brain. The brain primarily is fat, and fat was an important part of um, of our journey there. Right, so. Um, biologically, we're, we're hardwired for me. Okay. And um, and that's one argument. People might say, well, look, as human beings, surely if we're able to bend the rules of nature, which we do, you know, um, well, surely our di- diets could be bent. Be, be My argument's always been, let's not Combine sanctimony right This this virtuousness that people want to put out with nutrition nutrition's a science sanctimony is your personal journey and and good luck to you but but um i think it's important not to combine the two right Mm. and that's what's occurred i think over time especially in the last five to ten years potentially it's become promoted by by large bodies large groups uh perpetuated through social media that look to, heavy save, marketing. Yeah, heavy marketing, to save the planet, you must become vegan or vegetarian or to be ethical, you have to mm-hmm. become vegetarian because look at how these animals are treated. Now, I'm not one to argue that factory farming is horrible. I mean, you just have to see factory farming of chickens to know that these yes. animals do not live a good life. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's hard to ignore the many billions of animals that lose their lives Every year, billions, potentially close to trillion globally if you look at it, because of the monocrop culture used to generate the foods that vegetarians and vegans eat, soy, wheat corn, maize I mean the, these animals that are destroyed are, uh, hu- are destroyed in huge amounts rabbits, fish the the runoff of pesticide into rivers polluting them um, You know, creating issues within the marine ecosystem this So crazy, um, this is crazy Yeah. yeah. You know, so you were <laughs> saying yeah. through the farming of those grains and things like that, that's this actually causing
0: deep. This, yeah, so deep. the environment yes, as well
1: absolutely, so if I kill a cow to feed my family, okay. that yep. cow feeds me for a year right? So whereas if you're consuming a diet of grain, soy, and that's your dependence over the year, I would argue that you've killed far more animals. And does a, does a rat's life defer to a cow's life? And if you've killed 10,000 rats yeah. um, to... to uh, and to, disruption to, to environment too. Absolutely, you know, and I, and I I'm not a big fan of the monocrop culture. You know, and I think that's a terrible way to farm, and it's very dependent on glyphosate and other pesticides to sustain it, yeah. which has inherent issues of their own. So these, and when you say monocrop, what does that actually? Okay, monocrop is if you drive past um, into rural New South Wales, say, and you come across a farm with row upon row of the same plant. Mono is one. Yeah, that is monocrop yeah. agriculture, and to Facilitate monocrop agriculture requires a lot of chemical input, not just chemical input, but other um, major modifications of the land that human beings have to intervene in. Now, if you leave a land without, without farming it, just leave it by itself, it regenerates in a way where you've got native plants, you have native grass come through, and it becomes a poly crop setting where many different plants come in. That's how nature works. Monocrop regen regenerative that's farming. That's regenerative agriculture. Yes. Yep. Regenerative agriculture harnesses nature and works in conjunction with nature, yep. utilizing rotational grazing, which mimics mm. the great herds of ruminants and animals that once roamed planet Earth. Okay. Yep. And that's wow. what regenerative farmers do. Yeah, They harness these animals and rotationally graze them yep. so that they don't decimate the land, the the output that the animals put out through their feces yep. fundamentally replenishes the land. The land is allowed to grow and the animals move back in. That's how nature works. Regenerative agriculture is the solution for human health. Not only is it the solution for human human health, it is the solution for planetary health. So when people virtue signal about, look, I'm vegetarian or vegan to save the planet, well, I argue that's fundamentally incorrect. Not only that, and I'm vegetarian for ethical reasons. Say, well, that's bringing sanctimony into something which ha- bears Absolutely. no factual,
0: <laughs> no factual um, um, uh, points at all. Well, you so you talk about the footprint as well. Uh, you yeah. talk about, you know, let's, let's say, for instance, we we go harvest a cow. You know, this cow um, in the most ethical way um, dies hangs, gets butchered, ends up in our hands. If we were to modify grains and soybeans to mimic a piece of steak, the steps in the process is far more than a single cow. Absolutely. Far, 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 far more. Absolutely. And that's the biggest thing as me as a chef that I'm concerned about is the fact that people aren't looking at those steps and looking at, how much disruption to environment, how many steps are in place, how much uh, commercial factory um, sort of inputs there are. Um, and then all of a sudden ends up in a freezer bag in our supermarket. We deep fried and go, oh my God, it tastes like chicken. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was at the shop the other day. You know what I love actually? I, I think it's Beyond Meat. This is what, what they mean. sell. And nothing against it. Like so my wife eats this. This is why I know what it is.
1: It says um, plant-based beef patty. How can you call something a plant-based beef patty? It's um, it's incorrect it's it's and that should be that should be. It's false advertising, false advertising. It is, isn't it? it's it should, crazy it should beef be is beef yeah <laughs> and, and <laughs> the amount of input that goes into putting these patties together the horrible oxidized vegetable oils that go in various plant proteins which i've got no issues with but plant proteins are always incomplete compared yep. to animal-based yep. protein soy is probably the closest when it comes to animal-based protein in terms of the essential amino acids yep. uh, within it but you know, it, um, it's it got its inherent issues. I worry about the uh, chemicals utilized, like glyphosate or Roundup. The, it's huge amount utilized to, to run a monocrop agriculture. So um, it, it's, you know, rather than eat this plant-based patty, and you know, I'm not... You know, I'm not being critical of your wife, but rather than... Annabelle, it, listen to this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is for you. Yeah. 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 You might end up, end up here on this couch. <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: Rewind it a few times and I'll play you back. <laughs> I'll
2: be sleeping on this couch from now on. Oh, right, right. It's all right, mate. we
1: got you. We got you. Yeah. The plant-based patty requires a lot of imports. The chemicals that go into it and on a fundamental level, it's fortified with nutrients to try and mimic what beef has. So we're trying to mimic what nature creates Mm. and, and we got to remember something. Cows are a product of our own hands as well, to an extent, you know, we domesticated them a few thousand years ago. It was called the, the Oroch, a wild creature, you know, and we domesticated them to be, to fit in with us, to, to become more docile, to provide us, um, to provide a sustenance with, yep. with not just milk, yeah. with meat, yep. with tilling of agriculture. Right. And and so when I'm a Hindu by, by birth, right? I was born into a Hindu family. We we revere the cow. Sure. Modern Hindus believe that the cow should not be consumed. It should be prayed to. Cause it's, but that's a subversion of what ancient Hinduism was. Ancient Hinduism many thousands of years ago, before it became subverted, um, that, that cows are not to be consumed, was we revered the cow for what you provide us with. Okay. Meat, milk, and, yep. and, and work. Paying yeah. its respects
0: and respect for yeah. giving them. Uh, life. Absolutely, yep. absolutely. So this is why I get so hurt when someone says they want a well-done steak. <laughs> <laughs> I cry inside. Yeah. Yeah. I look at them and go, "Well, you know, we look at this whole situation, and and yes, we do promote a, a protein-based diet from animals, um, and I do as well, um, because I feel like in myself, my body that I react best to it." I train, I work hard, I get the most energy out of it. It's subjective to me. um, And obviously if I wanted to change that, I would seek someone like you to give me the guidance and the help to move on from that. But I tell you what, when we get a well done steak come through the kitchen, it is disastrous because what we're actually doing is we're we're getting rid of the nutrients out of the steak completely. So at that point of view, you can go and eat all the grains and soybeans as much as you want, Mm. but... If you're going to mistreat the animal in a sense to the way you cook it, then really you need to change your diet. Absolutely. So if you cook a steak well done, you're stripping the nutrients out of that. Absolutely. So meat actually has a, a temperature point where the the bacterias in the meat which actually hold a lot of the the nutrients in the meat actually start to die so you're looking anywhere probably beyond 54 degrees and above for a piece of steak let's say um you're really not getting much out of it like you you really um it actually becomes quite carcinogenic um it's probably not good for digestion i'm sure like you're the expert there but you know I, i definitely try to do my homework and all this stuff and the way you cook your food is also equally as important the way you choose it yeah, right. choosing it, cooking it, consuming it, making sure that it fits within your diet. And hopefully if you had concerns, you've gone to a doctor like Dr. Pran yeah. and said, what works for me and what tests do I need done to ensure that my body is running rich? Yeah, It's running well.
2: And it's a well-oiled machine. And all in all, we're not saying one diet's wrong or one diet's right, or if you're vegan or vegetarian, that's fine. Um, but it comes down to what you said, doctor, about mm-hmm. virtue signaling it's a virtue ceiling based on emotion not actually based on
1: nutrition now what would be your ideal nutritious diet that you think that we need to eat to live a long healthy life yeah look diet can be personalized right diet can be personalized and just going back to the original point before i delve into the the question the biggest issue and this is why i respect people like josh and and i've supported um, his business and it's it's great to see him grow into this really successful um you know restaurant but you as human beings our our entire evolution's been about acquisition of food right the whole journey has been about well how do we nourish ourselves right and so we've always been connected with our food supply whether it's coming from the waters whether it's coming from a tree whether it's coming from underground in from a tuber or from an animal we've been Extremely connected to our food. Up until even a few decades ago, people were were butchering their own animals, mm. you know, um, on their own farms, and 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 they were connected to it. They knew what where the food was coming from. Mm-hmm. Some of the most ethical and 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 loveliest and most spiritual people that I've spent a lot of time with. And a shout out to the Broadside Hunting Group, um, Eamon Waddington and his group.
0: I've it, seen those posts yeah and, uh, if it is anyone who's watching this have seen a doctor with a goat or an animal <laughs> on his shoulders nah. in the rain in the mud in the middle of absolute nowhere this is the guy
1: well this look this is uh, cool uh, i i'm not i won't boast and say I'm a, I'm a great hunter by any stretch of the imagination i'm just learning and i'm learning a lot from from these guys and these are some of the most spiritual people you'll meet. Mm. They they ethically harvest the animal uh they pay respect to the animal and then they consume the meat not 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 a single ounce of meat goes to waste on that on that animal and some of the healthiest food you know wild caught deer and and goat and and pig even as some of the healthiest animals you can consume because you've got an animal living in its natural environment without human intervention um to 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 change its composition so yeah, look, I think I think I'll go back to that point that we've become extremely disconnected from our food supply. Like, you ask a kid now where food comes from, he'll say supermarket. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, you'd ask an adult, and they'll probably tell you the same thing. yeah. People have got no issue going to a supermarket to pick up a packet of beef, um, but as soon as you get a hunter hunting an animal and harvesting is that meat for his for his family, that they've got an ethical issue with it. Yeah. That's a massive disconnection that, that, that these individuals um, have, which is a, which I think is a real pity. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, even on that, yeah, I, I,
2: I think I would find it very difficult to go and kill my own meat. If I had to, if there was no food in the supermarket, I probably would. But if you said to me, go and kill this goat or go to the supermarket and buy it, me being naive and not understanding what you understand, I would say, well, I'd rather go to the supermarket. I don't want a little cute guy looking at me I mean, please don't kill
1: me. Yeah, no, absolutely. But what this leads to over time, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, no, but that's did he, real. Did like, he talk yeah. English <laughs>
0: while doing that? Or? No, he yeah. said, Jesus, ba, 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 ba. excuse me, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> please don't do this <laughs> to me. <laughs> <laughs> he was saying to he was saying that <laughs> no, to me at the goat. gym this I, morning, I speak actually. Goat. Yeah, I speak he was goat. looking at me this morning at the gym. He's like, please don't do this <laughs> to me. And I was like, another set. <laughs> Get down, another 10 push-ups <laughs> now. those arms
1: wobble. It was great. Love it. It's, listen, yeah. Back it's, to the talking goat. There's yeah. just no such thing as a bloodless diet. Yeah, mm. and that's my that's my point. So if you're walking into a supermarket, you've just outsourced the killing to Correct. someone else. If you're a vegetarian or a vegan and you're saying you're sanctimonious and you're virtuous because you're consuming a bloodless diet, well, trillions of animals have died worldwide just to just to do this. And not only that, uh, uh, just to summarise that monocrop culture is just horrific for the environment. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, you know, I draw the line when, when I hear people say cow based farming or cattle ranching is terrible for the environment. Um, There's lots of nuances in that. And they say
2: it's one of the top three causes of um, global warming. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, it goes back to the fact that many animals now, and, and, you know, Josh would be great to speak on this. We desire meat that's marbled and, got a lot of fat right, through yeah. it and the Wagyu and whatnot. Um, it, 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 to, to achieve that, you've got to feed these animals very heavy grain-based diet. Um, to do that, you've got to have monocrop agriculture to provide the grains for the animals. Right. That's not regenerative agriculture at all. That's not working with nature to rotationally graze. This is factory farming. Commercialized, okay? complete. commercialized completely. Commercialized
0: so, um, completely. Within a time frame as well. That that's this r- is very time, very time sensitive. Right. We're trying to basically get a crop of, of something of basically finish its life cycle so we can consume it within a period of time. Yeah, correct. And if they screw that up, you would see what we got. What's happening right now? Um, at the moment, you know, over the over the past years, there's been some mismanagement of of some of these crops. And at the moment, us consumers and Australians and restaurants and whatnot are feeling the effects of short supply, um, majorly. And um, it's been quite difficult to be a chef right now and, and to manage stock has been incredibly hard because on the other end of that is managing a customer. Correct. And managing a customer who doesn't understand where things come from, how it got there. The reason why it's on your plate, they don't understand it. If if a piece of beef is a is a touch chewy, mate, you don't get a second chance. Yep. Disconnection is massive. Yeah. Why did we call this podcast what it is? Because I wasn't happy with the fact that Khalid named his song "Young, Dumb, and Broke." Why should we tell kids to be young, dumb, and broke? Correct. Why don't Why don't we all be young? Why don't we all work out? Eat well, love well, do well. Let's not be dumb and let's not be broke. Let's make smart decisions. Correct. Which let's leads. educate ourselves. Correct, and it's about proper education
1: from a professional like doctor. Absolutely. Well, n- not just that. I, I, I'd argue that it doesn't need to come from professionals. I think I think we've been conditioned to believe that, you know, to get health, you must you must have a professional kind of guiding. You need a wellness coach, and you know, bless the. The coaches and things out there, I respect what they do. But the reality of it is education and self-improvement, health, all of that just comes from a place from within, Mm. right? It's um, You don't need someone to guide you through it. It's just simply understanding our history is why I'm so big on understanding human history and human evolution because once you understand history or once you understand where you come from, you kind of know where you're going right and and i've um i've always tried to to sort of fit in um <laughs> again back to the liver king that those ancestral tenants there's not much wrong with what he's saying yeah um it's just how he went about doing it for personal gain Correct. right i think is problematic he was selling
0: a product and the image was part of a product look at and this and that's, uh, look at him I mean, Who knew by eating raw testicles that would get you a chest <laughs> like that? <laughs> Bit of liver as well. Bit of liver. And it's for good this beard, guy right? to basically be on like the top of the top of talkback shows it's across the world, promoting this type of diet with this elite type of figure, which we know is so bloated and, and so, so, I don't know.
1: magnified it's it's ludicrous josh and i I mean i knew you wanted to touch on him a little bit today and i I actually didn't follow him because the first time this guy's image popped up someone sent me a reel of him i I, like i knew straight away he was on performance enhancing drugs you could just tell by the by the uh the way the guy's complexity of the body built it's not a jealousy thing you just physiologically you can you could tell that that he's utilizing exogenous components Hundred um and so i never Followed it, but I read up on some of the tenants today, knowing that I was coming for the talk. Not much wrong with what he's saying, you know. Sleep, move, <laughs> eat well. Oh, there's a lot family. of good there. There's a lot of good there, but but as everything with the modern world, it's been sold with an image yep. and sold with a dream, and so you've got people out there believing. Millions of people believe this story, right? Totally. And the so guy's that, huge right now. It's huge right now, yeah. and and I don't think it'll really matter, right? Um, because this is what people associate with health. Now you've got all these Marvel and DC movies that come out with superheroes with, with the main actors who are all juiced to their gills, <laughs> right? And, and this is good. who people idolise. This is what people look up to. This is the concept of beauty, and that's become warped. I'd, I'd argue if you want to look at, the real beauty of a human figure. Look at the hunter gatherers. Yeah. Lean, efficient, well built. Um, that's the most. Most of the African Asian groups in Europe, you would have seen a more stockier type of hunter gatherer. You don't get many hunter gatherers in Europe now because it's sort been gentrified. Yeah. However, you would have had a more stocky individual, more equipped to deal with the weather. The Vikings, for instance, they would have been, yeah. you know, absolute. Um, Absolute units of people, and they would they would have carried more fat subcutan- yeah. subcutaneously because you've got to deal with some of the European winters. Yeah. Um, and so it's a really interesting area, but don't conflate aesthetics with health. That's no. the point that I'll oh. that I'll keep making. And, and, and just quickly, doctor,
2: on an anti-meat argument, I know we're talking about um, mono, mono mono crop. Yeah, Monocrop. If we look at, I guess, our animals that we eat, like from the supermarket. Yeah. Okay. That's not positive. That's not definitely a good thing either because I heard this study. We need to fact check it. But apparently, 80% of the antibiotics that we create actually go to animals, not to humans. Have you heard that stat before?
1: Yeah. Look, the problem with overcrowding animals, right? And especially in chickens, this is very prevalent. The chickens are in such tight spaces. They're fed so much grain, they become so overweight that their feet can no longer support their own weight. So they become really? scabbed and scarred and infected. So the antibiotics go towards as a preventative measure to stop that infection. Um, but I, I think that statistic is somewhat conflated, perhaps in America yeah. and some, and places like Brazil where well, there's was a- was based off
2: America. Yeah, yeah that was American.
1: We don't understand, right? Like as Australians, we should be- you know and i'm i'm not born in australia but i'm so proud of this country and i spent a lot of time in new zealand i I feel we australians in new zealand there's no offense intended but but we don't value what we've got here Mm -hmm. the meat that we produced is of the highest quality Mm. globally right and um, instead of australians enjoying this food what we see is this meat just shipped overseas to places like like dubai America, um, we're, to, we're one to, of the main suppliers. For to America, America okay. and to China, right? But we produce some of the best regeneratively farmed, well, not all of it's regenerative, but these but animals are re- down, down the
0: riverine area. Yeah, absolutely. They're it.
1: out on the paddocks on, eating amazing grass, right? And, um, and we don't understand how valuable that is. I've got a so bit well, of a funny story about chickens, though.
0: Okay, let's do it. So <laughs> I was going into I'm going into battle with one of my consulting clients. I write menus and and do a lot of stuff for a lot of other restaurants. And and one in particular is a, is a chicken based um, company. Um, yeah. You know they have shops and whatnot around. Like and, fried chicken? Uh, charcoal chicken, charcoal chicken, bit of fried chicken and whatnot. And they they've come to me and went, Josh, chef Josh, we need help. All right, cool. I'll come in and help. So we've gone through everything. We've gone through their chicken and we've noticed that this particular brand had free range chicken. And I went, okay. So I actually sat down the owners and said, are you guys familiar with the word free range? And they went, oh yeah, the chickens go out on a field, they run around, all the rest of it. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool. Um, Well, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to get a chicken professional to come in. And tell you exactly the difference between you're paying that much and that much for a chicken, the difference. And they went, "Oh, why? Okay, well, let's let's talk about it. Um, you know, we're in a position right now where we're trying to cut costs and and, and trying to maximise expenditure in in these in these venues. I get someone to come in here and talk about it. So pretty much in Australia, as this is what I have been told that a chicken of of its free range type." The doors open to go outside. Chickens work in flocks. One chicken walks out, 10,000 chickens walk out. One chicken walks back in, Ten thousand chickens walk back in. A chicken could be outside for all of five minutes, not even. Yeah, correct. And that's the only difference.
2: Well, it, it comes down to the square meterage that each chicken has, doesn't it? Do
1: you are you aware of that, Doctor Pern? Yeah, look, chicken's not my favourite protein for, yeah. for yeah. reasons. <laughs> for reasons good Wagyu. <laughs> yeah.
0: But really, it yeah. was it was basically a situation where the chickens are still cooped up in right. factory cages, yeah, absolutely, and yeah. they have a choice whether to stay around the food and stay inside and eat and be warm and cozy yeah. or to step outside to where the elements are.
2: Well, even when you read your egg packets, right, they'll say free range and some different egg companies, egg yeah. producers will have, you know, there'll be 10,000 chickens to an acre or they'll have 10,000 chickens to five acres, but they're all free range. But yeah. the, the minor detail on that yeah. is massive. Absolutely. And
0: we had a good laugh about it because basically their business is on the ropes based on, the likelihood that one chicken would step foot outside and that all of his mates would follow. So it was quite quite funny. And then, you know, one of them went, oh, maybe it's a bit cold out here. Let's step back in and they all go back in together. Chickens
1: chickens are no different to human beings. Take a hunting gathering group, give them bread, and sugar yeah. and they'll stop hunting and gathering, okay. Yeah. And that's what happened to the substance, oh, yeah. That yeah. Right. yeah. That's right. Give human being an easy solution, yeah. and they'll always hunting and gathering is hard, it's difficult work, yeah. you know. Just hunting one goat, I remember trekking with the broadside guys for about six hours, wow. Um, and, um, and through up mountains, not a flat, oh, I think, videos yeah, I saw it's,
0: the. It's, I saw the photos and it looked intense. It is intense. You were like in camo gear. Yeah. And
1: I lost weight
0: uh, over the two day period that
1: that I went to do it. I didn't have much body fat to lose, but I lost body fat in doing it because it is significant exertion. So any animal would gravitate towards comfort. Chickens are no different. Yep. Um, with regards to the square meter rate um, for chickens, you're right. With eggs, um, there's a great um, uh, brand. There's a, I think they're called Kangaroo Valley Eggs. I think they've got 15 yep. chickens per hectare. Um, How many? 15. That's it? That's it. That's incredible. It's incredible. And, wow. And you should see the color of the yolk. You could just right. tell uh, it doesn't have that pale yellow color. It's, it's orange. It's a dark oh, wow. orange, and that's probably a... Highlights the nutrient density of, of the yolk, various nutrients. What are we that priced we out
0: it? here? You know, we haven't even chat about this particular stuff. Are we priced out with eggs? Yeah. You know, is, is now cooking a fried egg going to become a luxury one day? Yep.
1: Yeah. It's certainly. Bu- looks that way.
0: Um, it's certainly
1: the, the, the ruling powers that they control. And we live in a world of uh, globalization. So, and if you've got globalization, you've got people that call the shots. Mm-hmm. The guys that call the shots, I believe, have decided that, that meat is just simply not a fuel or energy source that, that every human deserves or needs. Yeah, um, and well. I think this is why a lot of the plant-based alternatives are being rolled out. There's been heavy push towards it uh, from a governmental perspective, from health bodies. There's a lot of people pushing the plant-based narrative you know, World Health Organization and so forth. It's it's a it's a joke, really. You've got the World Health Organization saying iron deficiency anemia is a global pandemic of epic proportions, and at yeah. the same time saying, well, red meat causes cancer. I was going to say, they have that class it, as a type one, know, type 1
2: carcinogenic along with plutonium exactly and, and right. smoking. Exa- exactly yeah. right, exactly right
1: they classify processed red meat yeah. as a carcinogen in the same category as roundup and <laughs> cigarette smoking and so forth like and, nuclear, and and nuclear power and things like that <laughs> that's right yeah and and so yeah. I mean I won't go into the details of it because it'll bore you guys but all of this is based off very very flawed weak evidence now somehow along with labeling processed meats like sausages and frankfurters and all this sort of crap as carcinogens and they're, they're I don't I'd argue they're not that great for you but I don't think they cause cancer. Um, they've also lumped in red meat as a group 2A carcinogen which is oh, I probably causes cancer as well. Yeah. Why don't we just lump it in there? So you've got people walking around Australians Australians walking around believing that a that a uh, that a pizza purchased from Domino's is is healthier
0: than a grass-fed finished steak uh, farmed here in Australia. Oh, yeah. We put a bunch of numbers up on a board and go kilojoules calories this one that one and we we confuse people well we and even within do- confusion we have a, a transaction somewhere well, it, because it, it, people just give up. They're like, stuff it. Like, let's just buy it because there's too many numbers here. But, it's all but even
1: up. from a calorie perspective, Josh, right? Take a large meat lover's pizza. Yeah. You've got 2,500 calories in that. 2,500? Yeah? Okay, That's my that's daily That's all intake. day. That's yeah, gone. That, that's right. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I have that
0: from when I wake up to when I go to bed at night. Yeah.
1: But, but I'd argue a lot of people, an, an adult would be able to polish that off at dinner if they weren't, totally. you know, and so you just ingested 2,500 calories Now, take a grass-fed, finished you know, like a, like a T-bone steak, yeah. 600 gram T-bone steak, you've got maybe 500 calories in that. Oh, wow. So you could knock off four or five of those steaks yeah. over the course of the day. And you've consumed less calories than what you've just had for dinner with your large meat lovers pizza with extra cheese. It's a ludicrous representation. So, um, of, of what occurs mm-hmm. at a, at a numerical level. So calories do matter. Um, and, and we've somehow disconnected the fact that that meat's actually a very low-calorie food. Yeah, you know yeah. it is. Skip that part. Well, yeah, yeah, it's high-calorie when you consume it in a McDonald's meal with with you know the buns, the cheese, the 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 pizza, uh, the um, sorry, the uh, the the milkshake or the drink along with the chips. That's a high-calorie meal. But meat it makes up ten percent of a meal like that. Yeah. But somehow the meats meats blamed for that entire meal. Yet ninety percent of those calories came from plants. See, calories are something that.
2: Now I think people are more aware of it, but they never used to be. So when I was growing up, I was quite fat. I was really fat. Sure. And our producer here can attest to that. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, I wasn't aware what calories were, right? Even if you go to McDonald's and <laughs> restaurants in Australia, they don't actually record calories on their meals. They record kilojoules, mm. right? But then how does that help the average person understand? Because I know in California, I just came back from California, they actually show How many calories are in each meal rather than kilojoules?
1: But how has that helped the Americans demonstrating how many calories there are? 95% of them... Uh, are overweight or obese? Correct. Is that it's all doomed? This is a problem. Like we, we, these fast food companies and these bodies that uh, are saying obesity is a problem globally, but it's your fault. Really, it's because you didn't move enough and you ate too much. But that's incorrect. They've pushed people towards these lower quality foods because we've stripped them of the ability to consume quality meats. Like the a restaurant, like Josh's, um, puts out this quality meat, but you can't argue that it's cheaper to go to mcdonald's and pick up a 20 dollar meal um and that's the issue that's where the problem begins Mm -hmm. that that one of the biggest determinants of health is the socioeconomic status of the society that resides within uh within that within that area so as people people are pushed towards tighter tighter lives right like big mortgages, rising interest rates, you know, rampant economic inflation, potential impending recession, whatnot, they are pushed towards lower quality foods. Mm -hmm. So they will gravitate towards these faster foods that are probably high in taste and low in satiety. Satiety is um, basically satisfaction. So it's just becoming more and more expensive to consume healthy quality meals. So
2: if we look at someone's wealth then, from a socioeconomic point of view. Yes. Is there a correlation between how
1: much money someone is worth to how long or how Absolutely. healthy they are? without question. Yep. The eastern suburbs of Australia would enjoy the greatest health. The deep western suburbs of Australia, or the, of, of Sydney would would have the worst health. There's a gradient that is it's almost linear. So it's it, so it exists. It's just not absolutely something that's made up. There's
2: researchers. Absolutely. Backing to that.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no question about it. In fact these fast food companies are so predatory that you would find that there are higher number of fast food outlets in poorer suburbs than there are in richer suburbs. Have you seen the um the red rooster line? No I haven't. So there's if you draw a line through Sydney, yeah. um
2: starting from the western suburbs and do it to cover the west southwest um, through to the city, you'll find on one side of the line there's Red Roosters. On the other side of the line, there's Charlie's Chickens. That's
1: Charlie, interesting. Charlie's Char- Char- Tr- 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 yeah. Char- Char- Chickens. Yeah. Charlie's Chickens. Yeah. And that yeah. that that's a healthy choice. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. you can see even from what you were just saying there, that line that these companies are doing. Yeah. It exists. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and um, this is why I talk a lot about poverty and economic factors that 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 come into play. Um. E- it, it this poverty gap or this wealth disparity is a massive issue with with health. Uh, the bigger the disparity is, the bigger the the gradient between health and disease is going to be, and that's a sad sad reality for um, for a lot of Australians. In fact, the world. Do you think there's? Do you think it's an issue f- from money or an issue from
2: not being? not receiving enough education it's it's multifaceted it's a
0: a big cluster of things yeah it's it's multifaceted yeah it's it's, and it's so it's so different from household to household family to family individual to individual and i find that you know i'm a big believer in you know um how a person starts and where a person like is today was something along the journey got them to where they are right now Where it could be from a parent thing, uh, a a negative factor or a positive factor. But usually today, somewhere where someone is today is where they were yesterday. But it takes a really hard whack to get someone to change tomorrow. Um, So I think in a lot of these areas where the quality of life is low, um, I guess they don't in some areas in particular or some people, they don't have a hell of a lot to live for. Exactly um, right, Josh. And when that comes into consideration, education goes out the window. So educating themselves of who they are, mm-hmm. who they want to be, where they want to be. Um, education stems from food. So how they're fueling their body and fueling their mind. Yeah. Are they exercising and stimulating the muscles that wrap around their bones? Which I think I find is highly, highly important. You know, if I don't go to the gym at least six times a week. I am so, so out of it. Like, I feel like my day sucks. Like, I feel like I'm so inefficient. Like, I feel like I can't get my list of jobs done mm. if I am not at that gym at 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning. And part of that's just psychological conditioning. You're a high-achieving
1: guy. And uh, part of the conditioning that you've set yourself is, unless I've hit this target, mm. I'm not at my optimal. So whilst you might not necessarily be suboptimal on that day, that is your your... Yourself, that—that's mm. your the goals that you've set yourself, and the subconscious aspect of um, you feeling down about not being able to work out, and and but if you've got someone in poverty who's struggling to put a roof over the head of their their kids, um, you've just got an issue whereby food's like the last yeah. thing on their list, like oh the health of the foods. It's just about whatever I can get in, you know, yeah. if, if it's Wheat beaks for dinner to fill the belly of my child, Correct. I'll do that. Um, and so this is, this is why people need to be more engaged politically, because a lot of political decisions on a global scale impact the economic environment, which we exist. People are switched off politically, they don't understand what's going on economically, you pay the price for that. Um, so we need to, you know, I'd, I'd argue as, as a population just be a lot more involved politically rather than kind of um, switch off and say, well, I, I don't engage politics. And being,
0: you, being connected is not that hard.
1: No, Staying
0: not, connected is not that hard. Do
2: you think there is actually benefit to siding with one political party or the other? Because my opinion is pretty much the same.
1: No, I think so. I think you're right. I think the right and the left uh, are basically controlled by the brain, which is fundamentally yeah. the same as I talked about Correct. globalization. I think the uh, the rise of central banks over the last hundred years certainly means that financially we're all kind of interconnected uh, as, as a world. Correct. Um, so I'm talking about things on a, on a large scale rather than just with what's occurring within Australia, left or right. I I don't think that matters. I think we just need to hold, you know, bankers and and the global banking system accountable. Yep. Um, and, And I think we need to ask questions of our politicians as a, as a, large population rather than just a group of one or two of us because then it just gets it just gets labeled as well those crazy conspiracy theorists um you know and you just kind of get written off but whereas if the collective is standing up and saying well why is it this way right and then you've got a situation whereby the politicians have to be held accountable like uh, the the evidence for covid lockdowns for instance were extremely low lockdowns we didn't we didn't think even as a doctor, like, where was the evidence for that? But we were told to do something by by the government. We all did it. Uh, but where was the evidence? Was it efficacious? No, we don't think it was. In fact, it might have created more harm than good. So it's a, it's a question of, well, like, we've just got to hold these guys accountable for the decisions they make.
2: And I guess a lot of things happen in life. And like you mentioned, if you keep um, people uh, not empowered... And you create new issues all the time. Like, for example, we had spicy cough and then we move into um, housing crisis now, yep. rental crisis. Interest yep. rates are increasing because of inflation because of the money that's been pumped into the economy. So there's always a new issue to take effect of the other wrongdoings or mistakes that we've made before. So we just keep moving very quickly forward to the next thing and next thing next absolutely, thing
1: absolutely absolutely. you know when we were all locked down and the quantitative easing was occurring and they were printing correct. billions of dollars in America they were printing trillions to pump into the economy correct. and the US dollar as we know is a reserve currency so every decision made in US affects the rest of the world correct um you've got a situation where all this money's and liquidity is entering the market. You've got asset prices, hyperinflating property prices went through the roof. Everyone bought in, everyone got into loans that they potentially couldn't afford. Correct. Um, what's happening now? The, the, the roosters come home to roost, so to speak. Well, the thing that annoyed me about all of that, and I run a mortgage-broking company, like I mentioned
2: before. So let's call it 15 months ago, we could start seeing that the inflation in America was increasing Yeah, Australian Reserve Bank says, no, no, we're not going to increase rates for another year and a half. I thought there's absolutely no chance that this is going to happen. We're literally dependent on the American economy. When their inflation starts to rise, their interest rates start to rise, money starts to flow differently and it will occur in Australia. So we fixed a lot of our clients for three years last year because we knew that this was going to happen. And it did. It happened extremely fast, extremely, extremely fast. Do you think there's a lack of foresight from professionals who get paid a lot of money to predict things?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think the central bank is a, you know, I hope you don't mind me saying it. I think they're problematic. Yep. Um, and it was oh, very... Why, why
2: is that? What do you think they're problematic? Well,
1: you know, you're creating value out of thin air. Central banking, I mean, money's just being printed out of thin air. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what, you know, fractional lending is. Yep. Um, as a mortgage broker, I'm sure you appreciate that. You give people loans by increasing the debt on the ledger. You don't necessarily create value Right, and correct. so the U.S. dollar, which is our reserve currency, is not backed by any fundamentals. Mm-hmm. It has no pair. It used to be backed by gold. Nineteen seventy-one, yep. Richard Nixon unpegged that, and, yep. and so we that they the could the
2: freely print money. Then we went to the U.S. dollar standard, right? So we went from the gold standard to the the U.S. Yeah, dollar, the US standard. dollar. standard. The U.S. dollar standard is as
1: good as gold. Was their promise correct? But the issue is you can never create any more gold. You can mine it, but that a lot of input goes into that energy. You gotta find the gold, gold is a limited Correct. resource. Whereas money, you just increase the debt on the ledger. Yep. And that's what's occurred. And because the US dollar is the petrodollar, it is also the swift international banking system and it is also the reserve currency. Yep. You've got a situation where the trillions printed in US has now got global effects. And what the US is now doing by fundamentally increasing their interest rates, they're importing inflation to all the other countries. Correct. And um, you, you've got a situation where, because we're pegged to the US dollar, um, we'll also pay the price. So. You know, when we talk about central bankers, I, I just think they lack that knowledge. I think this discussion that you and me have had would probably be novel to many high ranking bankers Correct. within the banking system. And so, why is a guy who's a gastroenterologist and a guy who's a mortgage, mortgage broker, broker. Have, yeah. having these sort of conversations when it's not occurring at a banking level? That therein lies the issue. Correct. Um, central banking's a Ponzi scheme.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You heard you any first are, guys? You guys are connected. That's why. One one thing I do want to talk going about. On. <laughs> the
2: one thing I want to talk about, just away from central banking, uh, that I'm super interested in. Um, you have to correct my language with it because I don't know the exact terms. But over the past thirty years, there's been studies and science to show that we have micro biomes or something in our stomach, yeah. and our stomach is actually there's more nerves in the stomach than there are in our mind and the stomach is actually controlling our emotions more than we think. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, look, I think, again, going back to an evolutionary basis for it, five billion years ago as we're floating in this primordial oceans uh, and Earth isn't, you know, a great place for life to exist on, on land, right? The conditions weren't ready for it five billion years ago. These creatures, um, you get them now, they're, they're, they're like hydras. They mm-hmm. call them hydras there is no brain it's just something called the enteric nervous system the ens okay that's their brain their gut is their brain at some point those two separate it becomes from the enteric nervous system it splits into something called the central nervous system which is the brain and spinal cord so our gut isn't the second brain it is in fact the first brain that's how really that's how the human well the brain in in general evolved it evolved from the enteric nervous system from within the gut there is more neurotransmitters within the gut than there is the brain almost 10 to 1 Um, the microbiome are the bacteria that we symbiotically carry we're more bacterial cells than we are human cells there's trillions of bugs that exist in our gut and um and for human to be optimally healthy the microbiome needs to be healthy as well it's a complex topic but you can't have a healthy microbiome and an unhealthy human, and vice versa. You can't have an unhealthy microbiome and a healthy human. Like the, these two are not mutually exclusive; they exist wow. together. Uh, but you've got components like glyphosate or Roundup, which is heavily disseminated in our in our agricultural um, practices, which we know are an antibiotic for the microbiome. So about sixty percent of our gut microbiome is sadly sensitive to glyphosate or Roundup. Really? And we're consuming so much of it and it's detectable in in our urine and, and so forth. And so we're just nuking the microbiome. And that's part like again it's a big topic so i won't delve into it too deeply but that's a big part of the rise of um, of diseases because we're our microbiome suffering in particular autoimmune diseases like you know ms and inflammatory bowel disease rheumatoid arthritis a whole host of you
2: know so when you when you have people coming to you for advice on this as well because obviously that's your profession yes um let's say someone's having a lot of bloating or, or, or something like that, in terms of an ideal diet, what would you recommend the ideal diet is for a, okay. a person?
1: S- step one. Yep. Okay. Step one is understand that there are three macronutrients, protein, fat, carbohydrate, Okay. and then there's vitamins and minerals. Those are the five aspects that we need in our diet. That's a simplified diet for them. Of these things, carbohydrate is probably a non-essential macronutrient Right. yet it makes up 85% of our diet. Additionally, carbohydrates stems from farming. Farming, as we're talking about, is agriculturally, um, well, it's, 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 it's in Australia, a lot of it's based on chemical inputs to make the agriculture feasible. We're not eating organic foods anymore. We're eating stuff that's coated in pesticides. So when someone comes to me, the first step I try to get them to understand is that, Your diet is not your religion, it's simply about nutrients. Nutrients in, nutrients out. Not calorie in, calorie out, it's nutrients in and nutrients out. And additionally, getting them to understand that the agricultural practices are problematic. So eating organic fruits, vegetables, and grains would be preferable if they can find it, but that is expensive. Again, it goes back to the socioeconomic determinants of health, that money is a big part of it. So that's number one. And number two, we teach them that protein is non-negotiable. It's by far the most important macronutrient. You could choose to get that from plants, Right or you could choose to get that from animals. Animal-based proteins are like a Lamborghini versus plant-based proteins, which are an inferior Lambles. car, right? Okay, which would be, a, I don't know, a Toyota Corolla or something like this. Apologize to anyone who's driving a Toyota. No, no, we we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll
0: stick to we love, we, are, we
1: love Corollas too, guys. Yeah, don't I mean, I've owned, I've owned one in the past. Yeah. We also like Lambos, But it's just a higher quality protein yeah. without question. And finally, when it comes to fat, fat's actually an essential macronutrient. Really? And we teach them about the importance of that is to see you're surprised i am yeah very surprised people don't realize cholesterol is an important synthetic precursor to building our own testosterone male testosterone wow so uh, you know you talk you talk to talk to any bodybuilder who's trying to get down to five percent body fat where he has to go on a low cholesterol low fat diet to reach that level of body fat their testosterone's tank and so this is why you see a lot of bodybuilders exogenously supplement to get to those growth right, phases, okay. right? So low fat diets, I'd argue, uh, I mean, although they've been promoted for 40 years, right? Um, I'd argue a problem, uh, they're, they're, they're problematic. So w- we just teach them these nuances. Yep. But as you can imagine, like we've just sat down for an hour and talked about nutrition and politics and money and so forth. All of these things linked together. I've got a 30 minutes with a patient Right. And a person's coming in expecting me to say, look, what are your symptoms? I'll book you for a colonoscopy and we'll go from there. And you get someone come out with all this information. It's, there's an element of intensity to this information. It's overwhelming. It's, yeah, it's overwhelming. It's I'm, overwhelming. Overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> right. But I've learned so much more. And I, I feel like a better chef from this chat, to yeah. be honest. So but, yeah. people go away and, and, and it's all just too much. So, it, it, you know, you've got to really slowly work it in it's a gradual journey that you have to take with people uh i'd have to say like uh, say we see 100 people uh with issues maybe we might get through to only 10 percent of them really right and that's how low the uh, penetrance is wow um so it becomes and there's a lot of myself that i've got to give right like because i'm very passionate about all these topics so um it it there are significant challenges to implementing it. Additionally, you've got our medical bodies, you know, Bowel Cancer Australia, Cancer Council Australia saying red meat's bad. So people people go, well, hang on, you're saying this, but the Cancer Council and Bowel Cancer Australia saying red meat's causing cancer and heart disease. How do you contend with that? So straight away you get Put out as as a guy who's trying to be too radical, yep. right? And and these are significant barriers um, to implementing good quality care. I'm not I'm not particularly radical. I just try and be as objective as I can. Correct, based um, on based on information, based and try to be as logical as I can based on evolution, well, based on science, as well to individual wants
0: and needs. Like exactly, every, right. every being is not exactly the That's same. That's exactly right. An elderly
1: right. person might require far more protein than yeah. two young blokes coming yeah. to see me, right? Because that yeah. their 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 digestive system's not as good. So we really like and I'm I'm blessed to work with phenomenal dietitians in our service, Tom, uh, Jessica and um, Nikki. These we provide personalized nutritional advice to these people because it's not that simple. It's not as not a simple as say, well, you just consume two grams per kilogram of protein right, okay. per day. It's like, well, okay, what is your targets? How are you gonna hit them? Personalized nutrition is the future. So I guess what does your
2: diet look like then? If, I know it's hard to give like an ideal diet based on age and things like that. So what does yours look like?
1: Okay, so look, I'm 42 years old. I weight train. which I, I don't, still don't believe that this guy's 42. Uh, oh, you see this guy's body. It. Look at this guy's body. L- I appreciate That's incredible. You want to with, you go to the gym with this guy? <laughs> yeah. You're talking
0: like dips with like a chain hanging off him with like 20 <laughs> yeah. kilos. And like the goats like on his shoulders still at the same <laughs> time. dips. dips. Yeah. Man, we still have to do that chest session. <laughs> yeah. by the way. No, yeah, I look I forward to it. What does uh, your Josh. diet look like? Because I know what it looks like in the restaurant. And uh, like I said, I've, I've, I've cooked for that diet. Uh, for you, many time to- many, many, many times and over I the appreciate years. it. I appreciate um, it. But what does it look like? You wake up in the morning, and uh, you know, I, I want you to sort of tell everyone what does your diet look like, and uh, you know, we could we can wrap this up. Yep, brilliant.
1: Okay, well, I appreciate you guys asking. I, and my diet may not necessarily apply for others, but I'll give totally. you my requirements as a, as a forty two year old guy who who trains and and um, does resistance training. Obviously, my protein intake needs to be adequate. I generally start the day with fat and protein. So usually it'll be something like an omelet or um, with a bit of butter and salt or some poached eggs. Um, I will generally have a black coffee, right? And I work out soon after, um, maybe an hour after that, okay? And so I believe... Your day is is best started with fat and protein rather than carbohydrate, rather than reach for the muesli, yep. which sends you on the sugar roller coaster for yep. the rest of the day, puts your sugar up, down, as it's coming down, you feel like absolute junk, mm-hmm. snacking again at 10am, you know, that type of stuff. After breakfast, I don't eat till lunch. Lunch again is protein and fat. I generally tend to do eggs and meat again, yep. um, and dinner time, I load up on the carbohydrate. I no restriction on the carbohydrate, then I have as much protein as I can fit in. That is my priority again, mm. right? And the protein generally will come with fats and I'm not going out of my way to consume fat. If I'm eating a protein source like egg or meat, it, accomp- it brings the fat along. So, so obviously with before
0: it? going into that recovery period, which is your sleep. Um, yeah, exactly yeah, right. We'll cover so period, what type of like downturn? Exactly body, right. The body's renewing itself for the next day, which sets exactly. up about three o'clock. Exactly yeah. right. The exactly reset right. button comes. Exactly right. Uh, I try and eat
1: starches, so potatoes, yeah. sweet potatoes, um, rice, white rice. No French fries. Sorry. No French fries. Truffle no, fries. Uh, yeah. Oh, truffle fries? Or duck fat potatoes.
2: Duck fat, duck fat potatoes. potatoes. Yes. Duck yeah. fat potatoes. <laughs> truffle fries. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah no, we, we,
0: we, out, we love yeah. the truffle fries, yeah. you know. And, um, no, well, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I always had a gut feeling that this was going to be a good podcast today. Sorry for the pun. Um, but <laughs> you like that one, don't you? Um, so, you know, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, doctor, for coming on today. Really appreciate it. Young, not dumb, not broke. Stephen and Josh over here. Thanks, mate. And, um, you know, we look forward to, you know, catching up in the future. Look forward to seeing you at the restaurant as well. It's always been a pleasure. And, uh, mate, I really hope we can have you back on because uh, I have learned a shit ton more than I knew before. I've learned heaps. I'm going to go home. Tell my wife stop eating
2: vegetarian. <laughs> uh, no, I'm joking, can,
0: yeah, <laughs> can, can you can you call me straight after? That's <laughs> yeah, a joke. So that I'm man. supportive
2: of my wife, and I love yeah. everything about her. Yeah. Love your wife. Love your wife. But hey, look, if you want to follow Doctor 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 Pran Yogi Nathan, Instagram, Facebook, we're gonna link his information underneath the, the the information on this channel as well, so you'll be able to connect with him and yeah, hopefully he can,
0: yeah. he can help you on your journey as well Yeah, he questions follow it this way need good food come to me need something with mortgage go to him this is why all our respective fields are important somewhere along the line Absolutely. and we run our own race yeah. um, but you know I think it's been really insightful um, you know it's, it's been really cool to catch up with you outside of what you do and what I do and actually just have this organic conversation because uh, I guess when, you, when you're in a relaxed state of mind you learn more you talk more you connect more so that's all from us today. So thank, That's you. Awesome. Thanks thank you, thank you guys, thank you very much. I so appreciate you, on. you guys. No dramas. Thank
2: you. you. Thank you. Thank you.